starting off with the best is yet to come. And I'm excited about this series. We're going to spend about four weeks uh, working on the best is yet to come. And, and here's part of my thinking as I've been prepping this message. One, I'm excited. But two, there's a part of me that's like, really? Is the best really yet to come? Because you've lived life. I've lived life. We're not dumb. We've, we've, we've experienced some things and we've seen some things where it's just not all that it's cracked up to be. Is this all the best is yet to come? Is that just hype? I mean, we go to go see our favorite movie and then we go watch it. I, I went to go watch Star Wars a couple weeks ago and I'm standing in line and someone else had watched it and they're like, well, you're going to be really disappointed. I'm like, well, let's. I'm excited to watch Star Wars, and here you are telling me how bad it's going to be. I actually like it. Uh, your, your favorite NFL football team, Cowboy fans, you know, so you go into the season, you're all excited, and then what? Basically, if you're not the Patriots, uh, all, every other team is going to be disappointed. There might be some experiences in your life, personal experiences, where things just aren't all they are cracked up to be. I'll give you an example. My first kiss. Um, I can I can remember it. I was in the seventh grade, and we had been dating all of what two days or something like that. And I was I had this anticipation, the first kiss, and so I decided, hey, at the end of the day, today's the day, and so there we are, seventh grade, uh, school's over. I'm getting ready to head out to football practice. And so um, we're at our, our lockers, and um, I'm like, this is, this is it. So I close my eyes, and I lean in, and I feel this amazing sensation. It was nothing. There was, there was nothing. And, and I, I opened my eyes, and she had, she had dodged my kiss with whatever that was. And um, I, I don't even know if it was the first kiss. It was more like a whiff. Um, and fortunately, she kind of bailed me out because she just kind of, she, she was back and she goes, oh. And then she gave me a little kiss on the cheek. And so I felt like the biggest idiot on the planet. Some things are not all that they are cracked up to be. For a lot of us, if we get a little bit more serious, it actually goes into uh, that next season in life, that next stage in life. I can't wait till I get out of high school because then I can get rid of all of the high school drama and get into college, you know, or get into my adult life where there's no drama that's going on. Or if I can just get to that next job or that next uh, promotion and then things will kind of smooth out. If we can, uh, my, my, my marriage, I love my marriage, but if anyone's been married for more than two weeks, you know that it's not rainbows and unicorns every single day. It is worth, and you might have had this vision of what it should be, and yet it's not all that it's cracked up to be. Our, our culture, our society kind of has this thing to kind of sell us on the next thing. That will be the thing that will satisfy, and it never does. It always comes up empty. And can I tell you something when it comes to the best is yet to come? that that is not what Christianity is selling in the sense of that next best thing, uh, that next circumstance, that next whatever will be the thing to satisfy. It is built on the fact that there is an empty tomb. The best is yet to come is based on the fact that there is an empty tomb. We serve a risen Savior. So it doesn't matter what circumstance you're facing, 
It doesn't matter what the relationships are like. If you have air in your lungs, then God has a plan and purpose for your life, and you can use whatever junk is going on currently or whatever junk has happened to you, either yesterday, last month, or 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, and he can use that for his purposes and for his good. It is a powerful weapon in our brains that God has given us to say no matter what circumstance I face, God can use this for the good. That is what the best is yet to come. So 2018, I want this year to be the best year of your life. I want this to be the best year in your life, be it your finances, be it your health, be it your uh, marriage, be it your family. I want these things in your life for for God to, to work on you. It's not going to be that easiest is yet to come, but the best is yet to come through Jesus Christ. And more importantly than all of those other things, yeah, I want you to help marriage, those things. I want this to be the year that you grow closer to Jesus. Because that's going to be the foundation for everything that you do, I do, we do. I want this to be the year that you take a step forward in cracking open your Bible and diving into it like you haven't before. I want this to be the year that your prayer life uh, takes that next step. So your intimacy with Jesus grows so much so that it spills out to the relationships around you. That this is the year that you're saying, you know what, I saw my coworker get saved. And it just blows you away. There was, throughout the series... We're going to look at the book of Acts because there was a group of believers as they started their ministry. Deep down, they believed in the resurrection. They saw it. But some of them still, at the first, kind of struggled with it. But then once they caught it, once the Spirit got into them, they took off. And no circumstance, no person was going to stop them from living their life like the best was yet to come. So we're going to look at them. If you have your Bible... Uh, you can turn it open to Acts chapter 1. It's going to be on the screen. And also, if you have your version Bible app, you can go to, you can click on more and then go to events. And you're going to have our sermon notes on there as, as well. I forgot to say that earlier, but some of you guys know that. So you can click on, on the events page. If your location is on, you should see Freedom Church pop right up. But we're going to get in Acts chapter 1. And starting in verse 4, this is Jesus um, he's, he's resurrected, he's getting ready to ascend into heaven. So this is kind of like his, his departing words. And so these are important. These are his last words to his guys, the guys he's been with, the guys he's been training. Now he's going to leave them. And he, he said, I, I don't have the, the exact address, which verse, but he did tell them, hey, I'm going to leave and I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is better that I leave so that the Holy Spirit can come. In other words, saying, hey, the best is yet to come with the Holy Spirit. So here it is, verse 4. It says, once when he was eating with them, Jesus was eating with his disciples, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gifts he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Skip on down to verse 8. So when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive, everybody say this next word with me, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This was a command. The power, according to Jesus, was not on a what. The power was a who. The source of our power. When we talk about the power of God and the power of God living in us, the source of our power is not a what, but it's a who. It is the Holy Spirit. It's the source of your strength and my strength. And that is what we can build our foundation upon for anything that we do in life. Jesus said, as we read in that first set of scriptures when he started his ministry, he started that verse, how he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The power was coming through the Spirit. For us, you will receive the power power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, where did he tell them to stay? He said, stay in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was not a safe place at the time. If you know what just happened to Jesus a few weeks before, he got executed. These guys are not in a safe place. Yes, Jesus is risen. Yes, they have confidence. Yes, they have hope. But their lives are still on the line in this moment. And if you read in Acts, and I want to encourage you to read through Acts uh, through the rest of this month, if you read through, guess what? It doesn't end up well for them. Jerusalem was not a safe place. God may take you into some circumstances, into some areas in your life that are unsafe in order for the best to come out. He, 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 he wants to bless you, but that's not based on what's always easiest. He wants what's best. And he will take you to some uncomfortable places. He might let you experience a wilderness so that when you make it to the promised land, you know that it was only God. What is your source of strength in your life? If it's in your finances, he's going to jack with those finances to get you a little bit uneasy. You might experience a dry spell, so, so when and if he brings you through, you know it was only God. Our source of strength can be put in so many different things. And we got to understand that the foundation is God and only God. We'll put it in our relationship. We'll put it into our spouse. And you're setting your spouse up for a huge failure. To, to, in a sense, make them a God. Hey, if I don't have you, I have nothing. And No. I want us to have strong marriages. But our, our source of strength can't be in our relationships. But we'll put it there. Our source of strength has to come from that foundation of God. You may experience a season of great frustration. And God allows that only to come out with a laser-like focus on the other end to where you say only God. You may experience where there's no way. I don't see any way we can make it through. And then God will provide a way only so you can say only God provided that. And you will understand that He is your source. Freedom Church, I am praying for 
in my life and in your life in 2018 that we have many only God moments where we just experience say, I don't know, I don't know only God. I don't know how I fixed that relationship. I don't know how they walked through our doors. I don't know how they got saved. Only God. And that's what he's driving home. You wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. You try to move without him, you're going to be in trouble. Wait on God. Now, as God is our, our source, these disciples believed in that power, but that belief is a verse. If you look at, at belief in Scripture, it's a verb. It's an action. It's one thing to know. It's another thing to actually do. I have up here on stage one of these guys. Now, if you knew me, okay, uh, you would know I'm not um, a Mr. Fix-It. Okay? Actually, if you knew me and you're in my house, you'd know my toolbox is the color pink. Okay, so uh, me carrying this, in fact, I've never run a chainsaw before, so I don't know exactly how to run this. I, I've had, kind of carried this through the building, so you guys are kind of looking at me um, like, I'm, like I'm crazy. This thing is potentially very powerful. But it is not a threat until I do what? Until I turn it on, until I crank it up. The power that we've been given through the Holy Spirit by God remains as potential unless we put that power to work for its intended purpose. I will say that again. The power you've been given by God will remain as potential until you put it to use for its intended purpose. God has given us power but he wants us to use it. Short of a miracle, this thing could turn off. I could pray and God could do it. I believe he could. But more times than not, he's going to ask me to crank it up. He's provided the fuel. He's got the power. But Mike, you're going to have to crank it up. And I believe for some of you in this room, God's telling me, the Spirit is telling me to say, you're going to have to crank it up this year. If you want to experience, you have, I'm not doubting your Christianity, you have experienced the presence of God, you have been set free, but you have not yet seen the power like you want to see it released in your life and those around you. I know for myself, I'm not going around saying, God, I've seen too much of your power, uh, that's enough I don't want to see anymore. I want to see more of the power of God moving. And he's saying, you're going to have to crank it up, Mike. And not just crank it up in how you want to use it, but how I intended that power to be used. The Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus to proclaim freedom. The power of the Holy Spirit was going to come on those disciples. But it was for a specific purpose. Let's read on. He says in, in uh, verse 8, and you will be my witnesses. When that power comes upon you, you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. That You want to see the power of God released in your life? Start working on the front lines of His kingdom and sharing your faith. 
It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. And in fact, um, that's where you're going to be a threat to our enemy. And it's not a person. It's the spiritual things. Where you are on the front lines, sharing your faith, reaching out to others, expanding God's kingdom. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants his kingdom to be done now and in the future. So for us, if we want to tap into that power, it's going to come on sharing our faith, telling people about Jesus, what he's done in your life, in my life. One of our core values for Freedom Church is that found people find people. Found people find people. I want to cast a little bit of vision here just for how I see this happening in Los Alamos and within our context. Jesus said, hey, I came for the poor to proclaim freedom to the poor. Well, listen, Los Alamos, specifically, there's not a lot of material poverty here. But there is poverty in Los Alamos. And I would say for a lot of people, it's in the area of relationships. They are desperate for relationships. They are starving for someone to, to know them and care about them and love on them. And there are people who are just hungry for relationships. Certainly there are people who have material issues of poverty as well and other types of poverty. Yes, they have spiritual poverty. Jesus said, hey, I'm, I'm going to uh, help the blind to see, the spiritually blind so they can see. That they're going to be set free, that idea of being forgiven. Hey, the captives are going to be set free. We've been forgiven, but there are people who are poor in relationships and they're dying and desperate for someone to reach out to. I want us to be a group of people who, if we've received life from Jesus Christ, if we've received that freedom, that we would go out and share that with other people. Listen, Christianity in the United States. We have this kind of idea that I was a bad person, I got set free by Jesus, and now I'm a good person. Or in some cases, it's kind of like, well, I wasn't really bad, but I was kind of sort of bad. Prayed this prayer, got saved, and now I'm a good person. But that's not what Christianity sells. That's not the gospel. The gospel says, I was dead. I was dead. And God brought me life. There was nothing I could do. I was dead spiritually. And if we receive that life from Jesus Christ, then our mission, out of disgratefulness, that I had no shot to share that life with other people who are dead in their sins. The disciples, the original disciples, they believe that to the core. And it changed everything about their lives and how they lived it. It changed their communities. And you know and I know it changed the world. The best was yet to come because they had experienced the best in their lives. As we move forward as a as a church body, I want to keep our strategy simple for how we reach out to this town. I, I really believe it's relational. It's not some event that we're going to do. It's just going to be built on one-on-one relationships. I'm going to call it invest and invite. You would invest in people. Just love on them. Just love on people. 
You can invite them over to your house. You don't have to share the gospel with them. Just love on them. And when the time is right, when the Spirit speaks, either one, they'll come asking questions, and then you'll have the opportunity presented right in front of you. Or two, when the time is right, I want a, I want a dynamic worship experience where you can freely say, hey, come and invite them to come and then let God do His work. That's the one thing we can't do, is change hearts. But we can certainly love on people. We can invite them and then let God do His thing. Invest and invite. Invest and invite. Invest and invite. And we will do our best on this side of things to make it a place that is inviting, that is welcoming it for them to come so God can do His work. Easter is in 84 days. It's in 84 days. Each of you got two cards when you came in today. If you didn't get your card, you can raise your hand real quick and uh, one of them will, somebody, Gina has some, I think, she can get you some cards. Everybody has two cards. I think I have two cards. One of them probably says, I believe God can. The other one's blank. In a minute, we're going to come up here. I have a a God can. It's a trash can. But for our purposes today, it's the God can. Can. Do you believe that God can? Do you believe that He is able? We're going to have a time of response. But I want you during that time to take out a pen. And for the card that says, I believe God can. I want you to fill that in for whatever that is for you. Some of you might need a miracle. You might need uh, a healing in your life. You might need a a miracle in your family. You might need uh, something with your finances. I, I don't know what this is for you. But what is that next step for you in 2018 where, where God's calling you maybe to take another another step in your life? Listen, no one in here is perfect. That's one thing that we're going to work on here at, at Freedom Church. We're not okay. Every one of us, we have, we have something. And so it's okay not to be okay, but we are going to take steps forward uh, to work on those areas. So whatever that is for you, fill this out. I believe God can. And listen, listen, here's the other thing I've been struggling with. Because I'm like, we're going to do this. It's going to be awesome. But for me, I believe God can, except when I don't. And I'm like, God, can you really? There's a story in Scripture, again, I'm not good with addresses. So I apologize. You can Google it and look it up. There's a gentleman that asks Jesus, to heal one of his family members. I believe it was his son. And, and, and Jesus said something to the effect of like, hey, just, just believe. You'll be done. And, he, and there's some words that I want to say to you that spoke to me as I'm thinking about this. He said, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. It's okay to have doubts. Hey, God's big enough to handle your doubts. I believe I'm going to take a step forward. I'm going to write it on the card. Even if I struggle a little bit, I'm going to believe, I'm going to choose to believe and walk forward in that. So that's the first part. The second part is blank. 
But like I said, Easter is in 84 days. I believe God wants to save lives. I believe He wants to use you to invest in people and invite them, inviting them in the next 84 days to where we will target the Easter service. Maybe they can afford that great. But will you be willing to write a name down, just go forward to write a name down, to pray for that person so that we can celebrate some moment in Easter where we say, Holy God. And we had 20 to 30 some odd people that are in this room that actually got together and said, I believe God came. And then we went out and lived it like we did believe. And then we saw God do something where we say, Oh God, would that not be worth celebrating? I think so. I think that's why you guys are here. I think that's why you came to Freedom Church because not only